0: Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to join us here this morning, and we trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, we're going to talk about wisdom, which is, for me, kind of a touchy subject. It almost rises to the level of an idol in my life. I remember, and I'm really bearing my soul to you here, I remember sitting in a leadership meeting years ago, a leadership meeting of an organization I was working with back when I was a youth minister in Yuma, Arizona. This is a long time ago, but in this meeting... A young woman said of me, I so value Nick being in this group. He's very quiet and almost never says anything. (laughs) But you can see that he's thinking deeply. And when he does say something, it's just the wisest thing and the perfect contribution to our discussion. How about that? I'll tell you what, that is a high that I've been chasing ever since. Now, tragically, it is to date the only time anyone has ever said such a thing to me, suggesting that perhaps I was at my wisest as a 22 year old, something which is almost too terrible to think about. But I reluctantly admit to you this morning that it might be true. Yeah, ask my family. If anything... Far from being thought of as the quiet type who, on the rare occasions when I speak, says things of incredible wisdom and depth, I'm now known as the guy who acts like I know things when I don't really know. Now, this is an urge that I try to avoid indulging, but it is one that I feel very strongly. And I suspect that it's an urge many of us share to act like we know things when we don't now Calvin's father from Calvin and Hobbes is sort of the funniest example of this right for instance when Calvin asks him how ATMs work he says you punch in the amount and behind the machine there's a guy with a printing press who makes the money and sticks it out the slot and then just to finish the joke Calvin asks Sort of like the guy who lives up in our garage and opens the door. (laughs) Exactly, says his dad. Now, this tragically is the new me. I'm the guy who reflexively answers a question with what I think might be the answer. Why do we drive on the right side of the road? I'll hazard a guess. Why is the writing of a certain foreign language shaped the way it is? I'll make something up. It's kind of sad, actually. I'm the guy that Ben Folds is singing about when he says, why you got to act like you know when you don't know. It's okay if you don't know everything. Now, when I first heard those lyrics, I felt so completely described by them that I almost had to turn the song off. Why you got to act like you know when you don't know. It's okay if you don't know everything. Those words judged me me and calvin's father both but it's hard to live up to the felt law of adulthood of fatherhood and the world thou shalt be wise so i pretend when i don't know i act like i do unfortunately that's not wisdom that's foolishness and the bible Doesn't seem to be much help in making me feel any better. Our reading from Ephesians this morning judges me just as harshly as that Ben Folds song. Maybe even more harshly because at least Ben is trying to tell me that it's okay not to know everything. Paul just says, be careful how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. This forces me to ask myself a question. A question that I suspect is common to many of us this morning. How is it that a fool like me. Indeed so foolish that I'll pretend to be wise when I'm not. How is it that a fool like me. Can read Paul's words in Ephesians with anything like comfort. Because you know. At first glance, this is just another entry in our apparently infinity part series entitled Things the Bible Asks Me to Do That I Don't Seem to Be Able to Do. Honor your father and mother. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Be pure. And now, be wise. It's commands like this. And the knowledge that I'm falling short of them, that leads me to pretend to be wise, claiming that I know things I don't know. This kind of pretending is what so many of us do when we come up against standards that are too high for us. When something is asked of us that is just too much, we pretend. We tell ourselves that we're honoring our father and our mother. While really what we're doing is checking that Sunday afternoon phone call off the obedient son list and hoping that the next time they come to visit, they'll stay in a hotel. (laughs) We tell ourselves that we're turning the other cheek when what we're really doing is envisioning elaborate revenge plots in our heads, promising ourselves that we'll never actually put them into practice. We tell ourselves that we love our enemies. When we're really just hoping against hope that we never have to see them again, ever. And in the same way, we tell ourselves, or we try to tell ourselves, that we're wise. But gosh, this one falls apart more quickly than almost any other because we know that we're not wise. We're terrified, in fact that our foolishness will be revealed for all to see. There's even a medical diagnosis now, imposter syndrome, about this exact thing, the fear that your foolishness will be revealed to those around you. And yet here's Paul writing to the Ephesians, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, Because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians doesn't leave room for pretenders. There's no wiggle room. Be careful how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. And then we are called to understand what the will of the Lord is. But I think that Paul here is not defining wisdom in the way that we think he is. He's not defining wisdom in the way that the world does. He's not judging foolishness. He's calling us to look more closely at ourselves and acknowledge what true wisdom actually is. To help us get to the bottom of what he's asking of us here, I want to look at a sentence That you've all heard before, a sentence that shows up a couple of times in Scripture. Maybe you've heard it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This sentence shows up in Psalm 111 and actually in two different Proverbs. And it holds the key to understanding this command. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. So we must be wise. How do we begin? Well, here's what the Bible says about the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here's another more colloquial and perhaps more familiar way to say it. The first step is admitting you have a problem. I appreciate the way that AA says it. We admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. Wisdom, true wisdom, begins when your eyes are opened to the truth about yourself, your problems, your powerlessness, your sin the unmanageability of your life. When you regard a holy, righteous, and perfect God and realize that by all rights, that holy, righteous, and perfect God should at best have nothing to do with you and at worst destroy you, acknowledging that is the beginning of wisdom. When the law of God, whether it's Be wise or be holy or love your enemies or honor your father and mother or be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Whatever the law says to you at a certain point, when the law of God is spoken to you, it's supposed to make you feel like you can't do it. It's supposed to make you feel like your life is unmanageable. It's supposed to make pretending impossible. When Peter met Jesus on the beach and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. When Isaiah saw Almighty God sitting in his throne room and said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. These statements are the beginning of wisdom. There is no pretending here. There is only confession. Ben Folds was right. It's okay if you don't know everything. In fact, acknowledging that you don't know everything is the first step to true wisdom. A wise person knows that there is a God and that they are not him. Wisdom begins when we acknowledge the vast difference between who we ought to be, who God calls us to be, and who we actually are. We are the ones who have fallen short of God's standard. We are the ones who have broken His holy law. We are the fools. But where does that leave us? Is that the end of the line? Is all lost? No. There is good news for the world's fools for you and for me. Remember the story of the prodigal son who took his inheritance early and lost it all in reckless living. He ends up so poor that he's eating with pigs, dreaming about going back to his father's house. When the prodigal son's eyes are opened and he realizes the depths of his depravity, He knows he needs to stop pretending that he can survive on his own. For him, wisdom begins face down in the pig trough. All lying to himself has come to an end, and he realizes that he wants to go home. And what happens? Has something changed in his relationship with his father? Has he become wise in some way that qualifies him to be welcomed home at his family's house? No, he has simply remembered the truth about his place. He has remembered the truth. The truth that he is not his father. But that no matter how far he has fallen, he can be welcomed home. No matter how much of a fool. He has shown himself to be. He can be redeemed. And not only can he be welcomed home and redeemed, he has the sort of father who will welcome him home, who will be waiting on the porch, straining his eyes at the horizon in the hopes of seeing his lost son. This foolish son has the sort of father who is ready to forgive To welcome home and throw the biggest party anyone has ever seen. This is the God that we worship. A God whose redemption overcomes his judgment. A God whose mercy overcomes his law. When Paul here asks us to be wise, he is asking us to know the truth about ourselves. To know the truth About ourselves, to see ourselves as prodigal sons, as hopelessly lost, as desperately needy, to understand that true wisdom is the acknowledging of our foolishness. Live not as unwise people, but as wise. Stop telling yourself that your best efforts are good enough for God. Live not as unwise people. But as wise, Stop pretending that you don't have any problems serious enough to require a savior. Live not as unwise people, but as wise. Stop trying to climb that Christian ladder of good works and correct ideas to get up to God. Live not as unwise people, but as wise. Acknowledge the good news of the gospel. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In our foolishness, Jesus gave himself up for you. The only foolishness that will kill you is the idea that you are sufficient on your own. That you're okay just the way you are. This is true foolishness. Of course, the trick is that this is exactly what the world calls wise. So we come together week by week to remind ourselves to be wise, but not wise in the ways of the world, but wise in the ways of the Lord. And how do we do that? First, by confessing, by acknowledging that we find ourselves once again, like the prodigal son, in a faraway land bent over a pig trough. But then by declaring that there is a God. And that we are not him. After this confession, we hear the absolution that on Christ's account, because of his body and blood broken and shed for us, we are made right with this God who is not us. And so we celebrate. We have a party. It's set up right here. We eat and drink, remembering Jesus's sacrifice for us. And then miracle of miracles, we, you and me, the biggest fools in the world, are actually sent out into the world as new creations to spread this new wisdom to the ends of the earth. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. What the world calls wise, self-sufficiency, strength, influence is foolishness. In the face of God, we preach what the world calls foolishness, submission, grace, the mercy of the cross. We are fools, you and I, but fools for Christ, fools for the cross, fools in love with true wisdom, the knowledge that a holy God sent his beloved son to redeem foolish sinners. Work that he accomplished once for all. Salvation for you in Jesus' name. Paid for with his blood and accomplished on his cross. Thanks be to God. Amen.